Hello and welcome internet to the Working Better Together podcast from your friends at CNTW. Um, it's John Volunteer, the service lead for the IPS service up here. And I'm extremely excited to welcome three special guests today who are going to be talking about the future of the NHS, I suppose, um, community transformation, the long-term plan, how that may impact IPS and other interesting areas of care and treatment in the NHS. Um, I'd love to introduce the guest here today and first up is my colleague and friend Jamie White. Yeah, thank you, John. So my name's Jamie White. I work in the East End of Newcastle in the community treatment team as an employment specialist, um, supporting people to build on their vocational profiles, apply for jobs in their desired field of work that is going to be meaningful to them and help them sustain long-term recovery. And Jamie, where are you joining us from today? I'm joining you from my, is now the spare bedroom, it used to be my little lad's room with, I've got loads of rockets and that on the on the wall, so um, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, this is the, the new office. Thank you very much, mate. Um, next up, we've got Fran Saint. Thank you so much for joining us, Fran. Uh, whereabouts are you and what do you do? Um... Hello, um, well, I am in, I'm actually in Sheffield at the moment, um, yes, and um, my boyfriend's flat because we did lockdown together and so I've came down here. Um, so my job is um, development and wellbeing facilitator for peer support um, in the north locality of our trust. Um, and children and young people services. You're heavily involved with peer support, aren't you, across the trust? And um, we met after you, um, or we got in touch with each other after you did a fantastic presentation to the executive board, kind of outlining your experience in the trust and um, why you're so passionate about peer support and where you think it's going to go in the future. Yeah, yeah, that was a bit of a, a big day. It was a little bit of a full circle day because um, um, I started off as a service user in the trust um, and then um, was a peer supporter. Um, I worked on an um, acute um, adolescent ward and now I've kind of moved into the involvement uh, service which peer support now sits but it's always um, been the involvement service but there's a dedicated like kind of side of the team so, uh, yeah. Thank you both for joining us, especially because we're recording this at nine o'clock on uh, in the morning, which is <laughs> particularly tricky. Last but by no means least, um, James Duncan, um, Deputy Chief Executive of CNTW and Director of Finance. James, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And uh, yes, nine o'clock is particularly cruel for something like this. <laughs> um, so we'll try and stay focused. Um yeah, so as you say, I'm Deputy Chief Elective at the Trust and I've been doing this for, for 20 years and it's sort of become my life work. Um, and I very much hope I'm going to be here for the next 10 years as well until I float off into whatever I float off to next. Um, it's sort of, it's it really is my, my passion uh, working with all of you and working in this organisation and, and uh, you know, 
I find it very rewarding and very special. Um, so that's me. Uh, that's where I've come from. Uh, I would just like to say, just you mentioned Fran's presentation to the board, uh, and it was fantastic, absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic, uh, as was yours, John, when you came to the board. Um, but you know, it's one of the it's one of the best things we do as a board is when we get people coming and talking to us and telling us about their lives and their experiences. Uh, and sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad and sometimes it's difficult to hear and sometimes it's very rewarding but every experience is something we'll learn from so thanks Fran for doing that and thanks John for when you came to talk to us about IPS. It's a pleasure and I've got to say I don't know about you Fran but um, so James I'm sure it was a similar experience for you that uh, I'd received like a really um, you know pleasant and um, like a colloquial invite you know it wasn't super formal it didn't come in like a gold envelope or anything like that it was just a nice email a a brief conversation about what it might entail and I found even though like presenting to the board's probably one of the biggest things we might do in our careers do you know like it's a a group of people who have a lot of um a, a lot of power and experience I found it really um really one of the one of the easier meetings that I've been able to speak at because I found everyone like so receptive yeah. and welcoming. Did you have a similar yeah. experience? Yeah, I did. Um, I'd kind of just categorised it in my head as like a meeting <laughs> that I was going to yeah. talk at because I didn't want to get to, um, yeah, like thinking about it too much. Um, but then when I was there, I, I was really, it was really quite, um, I was really quite emotional when I came off the call Um and because it was the, the feedback that people gave was just so overwhelmingly nice and positive and yeah. um yeah it it was a really good experience and i didn't really think that it would be but it also gave a chance to kind of you know really like kind of champion and celebrate peer support as well as the kind of journey yeah absolutely well, I'm so, so grateful for you guys joining us today, especially at nine o'clock in the morning, because there's a lot of changes happening in the NHS at the moment. There's a lot of changes happening in the country, you know, in relation to COVID and everyone having to adapt to this new way of life. But one of the reasons I was keen for us to get together is because I think we've got shared interests. I know James and other, like John Lawler and other executives are very vocal about their vision and how passionate they are about the trust delivering outstanding care across all services. But um, in my role leading IPS, we get told about some of the, the changes that are coming in the pipeline. And there's a lot of discussion happening recently about um, community transformation. And I wondered if we could talk a little bit about that this morning, because I think it might overlap. Um, I know Jamie's Jamie's exceptionally passionate. I hope you don't mind us saying, Jamie, just speaking on your behalf. But I know you're really passionate about peer support and IPS. Um, obviously, Definitely, yeah. Fran's got a lot of expertise in that area. And as has James, is all, I know from my time in the trust that James has always been a, a vocal champion of peer support. And I think talking about community transformation and understanding a little more about it would be um, really interesting, both for people who are interested in IPS, but also people who just are either in receipt of services or work in services. Um, so yeah, would you guys be up for us trying to break it down a little bit and think about how it might change the future yeah. of what we're involved in? Yeah, And this is the point where I throw it to James and just say, could you summarise uh, community transformation in about two... <laughs> I'm joking, James. It's... Two words. Yeah. <laughs> well, exciting. Yeah. Um, 
is is a first one. I, I I think we're we're on the cusp of something fantastic here. I think we've done a lot of the groundwork in this organisation. Um, I think a lot of the work that you have done um, around developing peer support uh, puts us in a in a great position. Uh, I think all of the work that we've done as a as a as a national pilot and IPS as well has put us in a really a really good place. Yeah. So I guess in a nutshell for me, re- community transformation is rethinking our whole approach to how we support people in their own communities. Um, for all sorts of reasons, the NHS, we've, we've developed quite a siloed approach, uh, not just the NHS, but working across with other partners, with the VCS, um, with, you know, with... with We're the doing the acronym alarm. Oh, sorry, charity sector. Thank you very much. That'll have to get wiped out. Thank you very much, Fran. Um, So, yeah, working with the voluntary sector, working with charities, working with local authorities. Uh, And what we'll get is we'll get lots of really good services, but we'll get lots of gaps between those services. We'll get lots of weights. You know, my... I just think you should never be waiting. You know, we talk about getting 18 weeks down to 16 weeks or 14 weeks. Well, a wait is a waste, you know, and it's a it's a gap in someone's life. Uh, and all you can do in a wait is get worse. Um, so there's there's something for me about how do we rethink all of that and break down some of those barriers and really think about how we can have a much more seamless uh, approach that's really grounded in our communities. Um it's all about developing an approach around rights and how do we shift from think to thinking about people's rights away from just thinking about risk. And that's a really important thing yeah. and a real challenge to us, um, uh, 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 a challenge to all of us. Uh, and I think when you think about rights, then you think about people's whole needs. And that's when you really think that you can't really support someone's mental health if we're not supporting employment, we're not supporting you know, the right to housing, you know, these are things that are the basics that we need to have in our lives yeah. uh, to, 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 to build on. So let's get the basics right and let's build on them. So that's that's how I see it in a nutshell. I'm, I'm sure there's, there's lots of really good documentation uh, uh, around it, but I see this as a really exciting time uh, for us to think very differently and to reach out outside our organisation. Thanks so much, James. That was a, a, a beautifully eloquent short summary of community transformation because I think, I don't know how, J- Jamie and Fran, we talked about this briefly before the podcast, I think, that this isn't something that's perhaps on a lot of people's radars. And I think some of that might be because in the NHS, we're used to hearing acronyms, aren't we? And I've, I'm certainly conscious that in in this trust, we've been through a few different transformations. You know, there's been a few things that have been called transformation. And I think just speaking personally, not on behalf of the trust or anything like that, that um, I think people might see this on documents or they might overhear it and assume it's, you know, a small scale thing or it's perhaps tokenistic or something. But really, this is like branch to uh, root to branch reform, isn't it? We're talking about, um, I mean, I was, I was in preparation for this. I was looking at some of the documents that are floating around and there's a really good one called, I think it's just community transformation, James, by you, anyone can Google this. It's a, it's a, like a 39 page document from NHS England called community transformation. And it's like, it spells out all the changes that they're proposing. And there's a huge amount of money that they're going to be investing to support trusts to make these changes. Um, but two of the things that leapt out for me were that they're talking about us moving away from a, a, a former 
a treatment that just thinks about, um, you know, symptoms and uh, treating an illness and thinking about economic and social difficulties, which is where I think this is probably of, in, of interest to the four of us in particular. Yeah. Well, John, I was, I was speaking um, to a friend last night about it and about what you said there, James, about a system that's grounded in the idea that people can and do recover from mental health illnesses, but by addressing all of their needs rather than the symptom. Sometimes we just treat the symptom of what the problem actually is. If someone's living on the streets and they're homeless and they're suffering with uh, addiction problems, and then we're just treating their, the addiction problem as such, but we're not addressing the, the homelessness, then they're going to be in, in an endless loop of decay because they're not getting all their needs met as such. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's exciting times. I think um... just, just on that, John, just because I, I was lucky enough. Um, to go out to Trieste uh, in Italy um, last year, uh, and I'd read about it in advance. That's why we went there, and it's a, it's a it's a World Health Organization, you know, held as a, as a exemplar for mental health. But I was absolutely blown away, to be honest. Um, in that in that system, it's all grounded in the community. It's all based around community hubs. But in that system, I didn't see any weights. There were no weights. Um, wow. Employment was, you know, worked with local cooperatives, so employment was absolutely critical right from the beginning. It wasn't an add-on, the support around employment. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely hardwired at the beginning. Support for housing, hardwired at the beginning. But there's, there's, a, there's a city that, that is one of the world leaders in, you know, they don't have homelessness. You know? So these are, these are some of the things that was a, is a grounding for what they can do. Um, they have no restraint. They have no anti-ligatures. They have no locked doors. You know, this is, this is you know, it's really challenging when you see something look and, and feel like that. Um, and that, that's, we'll never re- you know, we'll never replicate that, and that's that's a result of forty years worth of journey. And there's a, there's different mm. cultural issues and all the rest of it, but how can we work towards something that looks and feels something like that? And 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 that's the challenge for me. James, do they have um, if they have the like no, is it no restraint or really low restraint? Does it just no. no? No. None. So do they have like hospitals in in the kind of way that we have or nope. No, so all of their beds are in their community hubs, and their beds uh, uh, look a bit like Jamie's room there. <laughs> just, uh, they're, they're, you know, they're just rooms. They're rooms where you'd want to go and stay, um, and they have taps, um, and they have curtains, um, and people come and go, uh, and people ask to stay because they're feeling a bit wobbly, um, and then people leave, and if people want to leave, then... They leave. So people will, if in certain circumstances, they'll be persuaded to stay. But for me, it, it, it comes down to this whole thing around rights. Their approach is all about rights, supporting people's rights. But with that comes responsibility as well. Um, and I wonder whether we mix all of that up and we transfer the responsibility to to organisations. Uh, and maybe that's where where we get some of the, the issues around our whole concept of what it means to support someone. Yeah. Well, James, uh, like what you're saying there as well is that people people recover in communities. 
that's where people find recovery and because they're, they're able to build up social networks, they're able to build up positive relationships with others. People become role models to, to people. It's a bit like the, the social modeling system where like if, if you're, if you're hanging around with people that are doing positive things and the chances are you're going to take a, a process of change and, 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 and image that behavior of the people that you're hanging around with. So I like the idea of it because Sometimes if you're in a system, say if you're in a, I use a prison system for an example, if you're in a prison system and you're surrounded by people who are demonstrating bad, bad behavior, you're more likely to take that on. So I love the idea, and I'm not saying that we don't need prison systems, of course, a lot, but what I'm saying is is that you're more likely to change if you're hanging around with people that are in recovery from mental illnesses, addictions, whatever. A hundred percent. And it's normalizing. It's normal, normal, normal. And that idea, I know we're all interested in stigma. It's, it's one of the biggest things that we've got to try and counter in IPS. And I'm assuming Fran with, with peer supporters as well, stigma is always on, it's a a barrier, it's a challenge and creating, Jamie used the word system, which I think's key to all this. Like we're used to working in systems that have been dictated not by people who are receiving services or by the people who are delivering services, but by you know uh, the way that money flows in 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 our healthcare system and um, maybe in the absence of exploring other places like what's happening in Trieste. You know, we've just tried as James said, it's forty years of stuff that's just developed, 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 and. One of the things that I think is most interesting about community transformation is I think like service users are going to see the benefit of this, but I think staff are as well. Do you know, like what's it going to mean? What's it going to mean for us? Uh, yeah. Well, John as well. So it's this, the, the, the staff need hope as well. If you're just seeing people coming through a revolving door constantly, then it, it, it kind of like, it, I suppose it dampens your, your own personal motivation. But if you're seeing people that are coming through a door and they're recovering and they're moving on and they're being connected to the local community, they're getting jobs and they're becoming role models to other people, then it gives the start, it gives, it gives everyone hope, doesn't it? We all need hope, whether you're a service user or a, a staff member or, 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 or whoever. Yeah, but I think what's the, or what I'm hearing is with it all being linked up with the services, you need hope, but you also need a house. You also need, yeah. you know, money coming in. And quite a lot of the times working on, on the ward, it would be, you know, somebody would be at a place where clinically they'd been deemed to be, you know, ready to go. Um, but then it was things like homes, it was things like, you know, um, who, who they'll be going back to as well. Like, so that was the sort of stuff that we just seemed to like compartment. We just seemed to be like, Absolutely. this is our bit and then we do Absolutely. our bit and then it goes Absolutely. off. But the thing about... um the staff and, um, you know, being in a community of, of recovery, I suppose that would just be, they probably don't even have peer support as, like, job titles, you know. Don't. They don't need to. <laughs> it's just there. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, I suppose a, a massive difference would be the kind of the power shift and the power. If you don't have the people holding the keys, then you know you don't have the people who aren't allowed in certain rooms and doors and that has a massive effect on you like when 
when we're talking about peer support, I suppose what is different is it's, it's a different way of help. It's a yeah. different way of looking at help. So rather than there be a helper and a helped, it's more like um, it's more like the like real life relationships you have in real life. You give, you take. You, it's never just one way. And when you've been in services, especially if you've been in services for a long time, that's kind of how you see yourself. You don't see yourself as worthy or as able to give back, you know, and to have that two-way relationship. So what what happens in trip? Where is trip, by the way, James? Is it hot? It, 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 well, it wasn't when we were there. It rained every every day. It oh, okay. flooded. It's, it's in, the, it's in the, the north of Italy, just next to um, the border with Croatia. Um, lovely place. If you get the chance, go there. I know I was very lucky to get the chance. I, f- I think what you're touching on there as well, Fran, and I completely agree with you. It's like, I, I know I use this terminology quite a lot, John, but I know the NHS loves evidence. But when you're employing people, peer supporters, who have, have lived experience and have navigated through a system, you, you, you present intent, tangible evidence to other people that recovery is possible from mental Absolutely. illnesses. Yeah, because you can't deny what you see in front of you. If you're sharing your experience, strength and hope with someone about how you've turned your life around and developed positive relationships with other people, then it's difficult to deny. Would you agree, Fran, in regards to because it's you can see it, you can see. One of the peers, it's either Kevin or it's Darren. he describes it as borrowing hope. Yeah. So th- that person is borrowing hope for the time being that they don't have it and then they get their own. So I think that's, you know, I, I absolutely a- a- agree with that. Uh, and that whole issue about evidence, it's there's a much softer side for it to me. And some of the things you're talking about there, there Jamie, around the evidence of of a change that's happened in your life, you know, a living example is really, really powerful. Uh, and virtually in, in, you know, in nearly all of the stories of people's recovery that I've heard, there's a story of, of someone who's made a difference, someone who's made the connection and someone, and for all you can have all of these interventions there's a connection that's been made that actually started the journey. It's, it's you know, just started the journey of hope. Yeah. And it, it's almost happened in every single story that I've that I've heard. And to be honest, there's a whole issue for me that I just think we've got to, we've got to move away from labels as well. Um, mm-hmm. I actually, and I'm sorry, I don't really like the term service user because I don't mm-hmm. really know, you know, when are you a service user and when are you not? Uh, even a carer, you know, when you're a carer and you're not, what what am I? I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a mixture of all of those things. And I'm, I'm a person, and I'm a, uh, <laughs> and I'm someone who works in an organisation. But we're, we're individuals, and the more we can not label people, the, yeah. the better. The more we can just try and understand people and think, what can we do to support you at this time? What do you need? Um, and what can you do to support yourself? And how can we help you with that? I guess these are some of the questions we need to we, we need to be asking consistently. Yeah, and to move from service user, I suppose there's still like patient, client, all of those words uh, being used every day. Yeah. yeah. To describe yeah. people. Um, 
Yeah. That, that's a- well, John, I'll quickly touch on this. So even when I was a peer support worker, I, I, very, I, I don't think some of the people that I used to work with didn't even know I was a peer support worker because I didn't really like, I, I didn't need to go into that. But I, what you said on there, James, is powerful because my understanding of it and quite a lot of stories that are, or narratives that I've heard are that the therapeutic value of one person helping another is sometimes without parallel to any kind of treatment. And what I mean by that is when you're able to connect with another person and you're able to, and they believe that you, that they, that you believe in them and that you, you want to convey hope to them and you want to see them to, 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 to do positive things. Then that's, that, that, that's powerful because you're connecting with others and you're able to engage with them on a, on a positive level from the point of like honesty and transparency and all that good stuff. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. just want to make the point that you don't, you don't have to be a, a peer to, to have that, to, to have that connection with somebody, to, you know, because there are so many members of staff in the organisation who've helped me, who've helped, you know, Jamie, you'll have known them and stuff. So even just like colleagues, it's like they're born to be a nurse or they're born and it's like it's everything. Um, and I just, one of the things, because I'm also involved in peer supported open dialogue and when we were doing the training for that, it was really kind of, you know, you've got people who've spent their life um, working in this way and thinking that it's good and thinking that it's like, um, you know, this is how we help people. We, this is how we help them get better. Um, and then they're the kind of learning about this new way, which completely just, it, it, it not even just disregards it. It's actually saying it's been harmful to people, how they've been treated. And it's not necessarily about somebody's intentions, but the system has been harm, yeah, harmful. Yeah. And it was a really quite, there was some tense moments and there was some, you know, really good discussion around that. And I think any time of like transformation, I don't really know where I'm going with this point, <laughs> uh, but just that very, there has, yeah. yeah it, I mean, all of, all of that, all of that's, that's right, Fran. And I, and I guess even, you know, we'll talk about transformation There's almost a label uh, around that I see this is very different I think this is just something where we, and I also see this as something we're going to have to say this is going to take years to do you know this isn't where we're going to do some quick work and we're going to say da-da here it is we're going to have this new thing and it looks like this this is years and years and years and years of trying to rethink and trying to build up this culture of of, of a different way of, of, of thinking that's 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 going to get us over time to a, to a much much better place collectively but some of the things you've said about you know I, I, you know the, the value of peer support in our, in our organization has you know it, it's been incalculable it's just huge uh, and in changing mindsets and in changing the way we think absolutely huge um so and we need it we need it because we're not there in this perfect world that we're, <laughs> we're not we're not there so we need it now um we absolutely need it but but coming back to what you've said about employment, you know, we we should be we should be a leader in employing people with lived experience across the whole of our organisation. Yep. It should be it, it it should be not a barrier, but a positive, you know, a, a, a 
a, a, a positive impact. And I guess that gets us to, you know, the work that you've been doing in IPS as well and that whole approach to saying, actually, and I think you've said to me, John, uh, several times that employers are now thinking, actually, you're a really good bet. You know, we're going to get we're going to get people in who actually are committed, who've got support when they're needed. And actually, it's it's a positive thing for the organization. Uh, and once we get to that stage, that's when you you, you we really can start making a difference. Because, you know, the fact that you're in employment rates of, of seven, eight percent uh, among people who've got um, significant mental illness, it's just a, it's just a disgrace, isn't it? An absolute disgrace. So we've we you know, we've got it. We've got to address that. Definitely. And James, you know what? I kind of touch on this quite a lot as well about employment being like the tip of the iceberg because there's so much more stuff that people get from employment, feeling connected to communities, changing their social circles, becoming financially secure. Yeah, earning money, um, and like I, I always, I'm always thankful towards a trust because, because of the peer support uh, model that they've, you know, like some people would never have been employed unless they were given the opportunity to become peer support workers because any other. Well, exactly, Fran, and like me too. Some people come from criminal justice systems, whatever, yeah, and they've got a, a lot of baggage that they're carrying where some employers just wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't touch them. But the evidence suggests that just because you, you, you've got a criminal record or you've had a mental illness or whatever doesn't mean that you're going to be a, a, a bad employer. That's just, it, it, it doesn't yeah, really yeah, say yeah. a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I, I think as a society, there's a, you know, we've we've got to really be at the forefront of this because there's there's something about our society that writes people off. Um, there's something about our society that writes people off from an early age. You know, kids who get expelled from school, you know, mm-hmm. kids who are almost at a very early age, they're, they're almost put on the scrap heap. It's almost like, you know, they, you're over there somewhere. How, you know, this is the stuff where we should be intervening. This is the, no, no kid should ever get expelled from school in my book. If someone's got that level of, of, of crisis or difficulty going on, then we should be wrapping our, so, you know, as a community, we should be wrapping around them and saying, what can we do to help you? What can we do to get you back on track? Um, you know, uh, th- these are, and we've got, we've got to be at the forefront of that. We've got to be leading that change. I think that's often the subtext with mental health as well, James, that Absolutely. So, so many conversations we have in IPS where um, people, either professionals or employers will, uh, healthcare professionals or employers will say, well, it's not the right time for employment. And really what they're saying is this person doesn't neatly fit into the, you know, the, the perfect employer, um, employee model or whatever. And what we should be saying that the problem is not the individuals, it's the system, it's societies, this fake idea that we're, we're all a hundred percent well a hundred percent of the time is it's totally it's totally broken well it's I, I, I feel passionate about it because what james was saying there and you're what you're saying john and we're going back to labels because if you're labeled a naughty kid at school right you you you, you tend to carry that with you for if you're constantly giving that message that you're naughty you're going to get expelled this and that where sometimes we miss looking at the bigger picture what what kind of what's going on in the background what kind of you know do they come from a dysfunctional family you know their parents might be suffering with mental uh, illnesses they might be suffering with substance misuse problems and then that label gets carried from being a child into an adult where they're seen as being a problem rather than addressing their needs as such 
Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I'm conscious that um, in if in other podcasts, I like to be a bit devil's advocate because I feel like there may there may be people who are listening to this who who really um chime with what we're saying. They're passionate about this as well. They've they've yeah. got they've lived through changes in the NHS. They've got lived experience. But I think there might also be people who are listening and saying this sounds like a great idea. You know, like fantastic aspirations but is it realistic you know why is the nhs the nhs should be treating cancer it should be treating um serious mental illness why is it talking about housing and employment and something that that like blew my mind when i started to hear about it was this idea of us as an anchor organization like this idea that what we represent and we've seen this through covid as well I don't really think we're just about health anymore. And you have all touched on this earlier on in the conversation that there's this growing awareness that we can't just focus on the the little details of a person's life. We've got to look at the whole individual and as an organization, like we're probably going to be, well, we are going to be given the power by our, by our leaders to make these changes and really think about the whole community. And yeah, it's. I think that's like mind blowing. The idea that we're it, over years we're going to be able to move away from that. Because yeah, so what? Cause what is mental illness? You know. Sorry, sorry, Jim. No, you you go on. I'll come in after you. Um. Yeah, like because what what is what is mental illness? What is mental health? Um. Obviously, there is kind of organic, you know, organic health. Mm-hmm. Um. And and illness, but. Just in my experience, the majority, and I don't know if this is because I've worked with young people, the majority did not have a mental illness, did not have a mental health problem. What they had, like you were saying, Jamie, is they might have been labelled mm. or they might have been going through absolute stuff that children, no, no human being should ever have to go through. And yet we bring them then into a system and we and we give them these psychological tests, and they pick it up. They know they're in a mental health hospital, and then they think that they have a mental health issue and a mental illness. Yep. And so, to those people, I would say, you know, what what is men, what, what what is mental illness? <laughs> and when we're coming to like how we, it's even the words like treat, we treat mental illness, or do we look at what's going on in somebody's lives? What's happened yep. to you? Um, so that would be my my kind of <laughs> yeah no I think you I think you're absolutely right absolutely right uh, Fran if if I can just maybe John just go back to what you were saying around is this is this pie in the sky stuff and why should the NHS get involved in that I'll put my finance director's head on for a moment <laughs> it's not often I do that but I'm going to put it on um, and the NHS can't afford to do what it's doing at the moment. It can't afford to just solve the problems that have been created um, in people's lives. Uh, NHS is becoming more and more and more a crisis service. We're we're dealing with the results of all the things Fran's talking about. We're dealing with the the, the stuff, the the brokenness and the stuff that's not dealt with when it should be dealt with. The the fact that people aren't supported when they need to be supported. The the fact that people are living in, 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 in... bad conditions or they're dealing with difficult things and then it just reached the point of crisis and that's when the NHS gets involved and to be honest it's it's just there's too much of that you know we we can't work like that we've got to we've got to reach out and say how do we get and how do we really think differently 
And how do we work with our partners in education, in housing? And how do we say, well, if we work together, we might be able to start getting getting to some of those issues as they develop earlier. Um, and that really takes a completely different mindset. It takes it takes you reaching out. We'll still have to have, and this is the challenge, you'll still have to have the ability to support someone who's going through a crisis. You'll still need to have all of that specialist knowledge, but how do you make sure that's not all you've got and, and how do we reach out? And I think that's the real opportunity from the community transformation work is is really to think about how do we do that? Uh, how do we work differently? How do we break down those barriers across organisations um, uh, uh, early on? Uh, and, you know, I keep going backward, but the 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 work that you're doing in in IPS, and I think the you know going back to an early comment, the retention rates that that you're getting in the service from people who are getting into employment and staying in employment are absolutely phenomenal. And for me, that is the biggest success factor, um, and that's the stuff that we should be shouting about. Um, because if you've got a hundred people who are in employment, sustainable employment now that weren't in sustainable employment uh, a year ago, that's 100 people that will not be coming into our services at the same regularity. They will not be getting into crisis with the same regularity. Uh, yes, they, won't be, they, they will still have, have difficult times. They will still have, uh, uh, have challenges, but those challenges will be, will be less because they've got a job and they've got hope and they've got something to do. And, and the impact, I think, in those businesses in which they're working as well. I mean, Fran, I know Fran and her colleagues and Jamie's a huge part of this as well and our team, you know, having those conversations about mental health, demystifying it, normalizing it, I think it's a ripple effect. Absolutely. It, it spreads Absolutely. out. And the, I, I know I, I keep coming back to this because I'm one of the areas that... I'm really interested in is in our trust, we've got this collective, the organizational improvement collective who are talking about really big changes. And the more I hear about community transformation, the things that we've talked about today, the more I think it fits with what staff want to do. Nobody signed up to, to be, to, to be reacting constantly to people's distress. Everyone in this organization signed up to be part of this because they want to help people feel better long-term. And I think, when staff start to hear about community transformation and realize it's not about like trying to, um, you know, cut jobs or make things more difficult, more um, protocols and procedures and admin and all that. I think people are going to be really excited because this is what they want to do. They want to have a holistic opportunity to connect with the person and be part of the journey and not geek. Yeah. It's, it's having, um, it's, it's kind of, thinking ahead isn't it and, and imagining what what that would be and and change is scary and it's quite a lot like oh well you know th- this is going to happen okay whatever like but I suppose people thought about that when they thought about shutting the asylum down like to me it seems like this sounds as radical um yeah as that but actually like there was negative consequences of that as well and that's kind of in America where PS support came and 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 yeah, yeah. you know, bloomed from the, the the fact that people were just um, institutionalized for life and then just shoved out on the streets, Absolutely. and that's where those community of peace book came. So this actually is thinking about that yeah. 
before so this is this is interesting because i was speaking to a friend of mine last night and he won't mind me mentioning his name but he said be radical and mention the asylums his name (laughs) lionel joyce he was saying that you know there was you know the the, the people sometimes needed those places yeah like in it so yeah but it's interesting that you should mention it from yeah yeah I know we're talking in abstracts at the minute, but this is happening elsewhere in the country, isn't it, James? So there are there yeah. are several pilot sites who've actually gone. Yeah, yeah. So so this is happening all over the country. But I just I just want to, you know, I guess reinforce what Fran said there as well, because um, the big thing about this is I th- I think one of the problems we've got, and this is the way the NHS works, is we lurch around, don't we? That we say, oh, this is the new thing, and we're going to have it in tomorrow. Uh, and it's all, so, so you lurch from, and in doing that, people get lost behind. You know, there are people who are being supported by us, who want to be supported in the way they're supported now, because that's the way it's been for for you know all of their lives. And you kind of just suddenly say, no, we're going to do this instead, because actually, they, they, you know, the need what they've got now. So that's not an instant fix. So this isn't something where we're suddenly going to go, da da. This has changed. Um, this is something where we're, we've we've just got to commit to thinking differently over a period of time. And what you were saying, Jamie, about staff want to do this, I absolutely agree with that. Um, but we've got to let let people do that. We've got to, you know, it's not something that's being done too. People have got to yeah. engage in this and they've got to be part of it. And it will bring challenges to all of us in terms of the way we think. And we've got to challenge ourselves. So this is really a bit of a movement. It's more than, it's not a transformation. It's more, like, yeah. you know, I see it like a, a bit of a revolution. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, we it's going to take time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, James. And you know what, James? Sometimes I talk about recovery in individual. What you're saying there is, is that it's it, it, it's it like we're talking. Uh, you, what, what you're saying there is that it's a process, and that it's it, it is going to take time. And I say the same. Talk about the same about someone's individual recovery journey. That it, it, it that's a process, and it's not an event. They don't meet an IPS worker or a CPN or a peer support worker, and all of a sudden they feel great about themselves. They have to go through a, a kind of process. Process. So, yeah, um, interesting conversations. Yeah, and I don't. Uh, you were saying about devil's advocate, John. I don't know whether it's the kind of uh, if we've got too much time, but that there is like, um, what's the word? Not research, but um, you know, there, there is critique of peer support and there is critique of IPS um, there's critique of recovery as a concept um, and so I'm just I'm just putting myself yeah. in those people's shoes where they're listening to these you know to us four just go on about how great it is and, Absolutely. and I just kind of want to maybe bring their voices into it that you know some people the word recovery is sensitive to them because this isn't something that they as um, you know, just see it as quite neoliberal. That it's about the person and everything like that. But then also the um, the fact that work is, is such an an emphasis put on work as part of like somebody's you know life mm-hmm. and what it's need and being. Yeah, um, I'm not of that opinion because I I think everybody's different but I also haven't got a limit in kind of you know an an illness where 
I can't work, mm-hmm. so I'm lucky. So I obviously don't have an opinion, but I don't know. I don't know whether this is going anywhere. I just kind of was no, thinking a, about it as we we're talking. Uh, again, Fran, you're you're, mm-hmm. you're you're absolutely spot on, and I guess it's you know we've just got to be careful, don't we? That we don't say um, you know. So this is perfection for everyone, and everyone's going to end up in this place. It's 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 not, and it is around whatever personal circumstances someone has whatever their abilities and we support that and we 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 support i guess them to make the most of their abilities but you know everyone's going to be in a different place so yeah 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 so, so yeah i think it's a it's a it's a really good point and one that we shouldn't forget it is fran it is i i, I completely offered it from because some people might not be have the ability or might be someone said to me once that sometimes people may be constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves like how much like because you've got to value yourself to 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 go on a journey of recovery and some people continue to tell themselves lies about themselves if that makes sense um I agree as well about that idea that it just seeing employment as the only thing, as the only option is definitely not the way forward. And I, yeah. I really, I think it's, James talks a lot about transparency and I know he espouses those values and I think it's great. I think maybe we should do another, have a whole another conversation where we'll, we'll look at those critiques of the services that we work in and think about how we can, you know, do our best to overcome some of the challenges that people know. But as well, just sorry, <laughs> putting in, just to say how amazing is it in like in our trust in 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 the northeast that there is a dedicated service which sees employment and that side of things equal to a medical intervention. Yeah. You know, it's it's just given. You know, we wouldn't ever put all of the weight into the meds into the yeah. you know into the psychology it's a big mix and just the yeah. fact that people have this opportunity to have an ips worker i think is amazing that fran yeah. I, you weren't paid to say that way but it's very gracious of you i was I, not I no we, i know we feel the same <laughs> way about peer support and the involvement bank I feel like um, this, we've tried to touch on some massively weighty topics mm. in a short space of time. Do you think we'll be able to do this again in the new year, perhaps, or sometime in 2021, guys, meet up to have a, a chat about some more of these topics and see where we're at? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, <laughs> good conversation. Thank you. Thank you all so much Thanks, for spending the morning Thanks, talking Frank. about this. Yeah, pleasure to see you all. And um, if we don't catch up before Christmas, a very Merry Christmas to, to you guys. Um, does anyone want to share? I'll tell you what, I'll get contact details. And if anyone would like to communicate with any of us, we'll put the details in the podcast notes so people can right. correspond and things. But you can always email ips at cntw.nhs.uk and I'll make sure Jamie, Fran or James gets any comments that people want to send in. Um, yeah, thanks again, guys. It's- Thank you. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry See you later, guys. Bye. Thanks so much, guys. Bye.